are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com. We can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us. So welcome to the madness that is the Chompcast. You can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash swordchomp, if you'd like to support us financially. Look for the VIP tier. Talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Location, location, location. Location is everything. Just ask a restaurant in the perfect part of town or a frustrated tenant that lives near a busy highway um, and they can't sleep at night or any of Fish's lovers that are just praying that one day he'll locate the G-spot. The topic of the show this week is gaming locations. That's right, locations in our favorite games that reminded us of places in real life or vice versa. Or just kind of triggered something in our soul. Maybe rekindled a lost memory from our childhood. Um, speaking of location, you can find all the polls we discussed this week at Swordchomp on Instagram. Every Tuesday, poll results to discuss this week include Disenchanted on Netflix. The Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay trailer was released. We're going to discuss it. The legendary Narwhal, basically a mythical creature here. And uh, Diablo 3 on Switch. You know, a game that you can take with you from location to location. All that and more on this week's Chompcast. Um, but let's get to some intros. Up first, um, he was gone last week. He's located in Japan. Um, he teaches, so we call him Professor Layton. But yeah, last week he was vacationing uh, in Okinawa, um, which is the farthest he has ever actually traveled for a Tinder match. So, uh, But Shay joins us again this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> good to see you guys. Apparently, uh, vacation hasn't done anything for your guys' level of respect for me <laughs> and my Tinder matches. I, I respect you more. Nah, That's a long way to go. Hey, oh, man. Yeah. I respect you the know, hustle there. There's such thing as a sex drive, but now I've invented the sex fly. Okay, tell me more. How, lo- how long and how far are you willing to go for a little bit of Nookie? Okay. <laughs> it sounds like a lyric. From, all from, the from way. <laughs> all <laughs> the way. <laughs> Coming live from Okinawa is my first sex fly. Join us for an exclusive behind-the-scenes footage of me spending an inordinate amount of money. Just to get my ding dong touched. It makes me think of Gamefly for some reason. Sexfly. Like it's a new sort of app of some sort that you could fly. Fly Shay right to your living room. <laughs> well, he'll disrobe and you'll be disappointed. Stay for on the target. Next 15 minutes. Stay on target. <laughs> in more ways than one, Josh. In more ways oh, than one. Oh, but um. No, but in all seriousness, Shay was um, uh, just on vacation, uh, scuba diving um, as our VIP. Yeah. May know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you want me to talk about that now or later. Later's probably a better time. But yeah, it was uh is a unforgettable an unforgettable trip. And uh I have a lot to say about it. But yeah, it was great. It was a great time. Uh there is no sex traveling though. <laughs> That's not the point of oh, me going there. Oh. So but yeah, yeah, we can talk. You about did that get way. wet while you were there, though. 
I definitely got wet. I, I was oh. super wet. <laughs> did you wet your pants? Yes, I did. I, I pissed myself uh, as I was drinking. No, uh, I went scuba diving, as Morgan stated. I went scuba diving twice, and then I went to the beach more times, I guess. And then mm -hmm. I went to this... I actually went to... I guess we're going to talk about it now, then. I went to this... Uh, <laughs> I went sure. to this hotel in Naha with a couple of my... Uh, my friends that I made there and they were staying at this nice hotel um, while the rest of us stayed in this hostel. And on the 10th floor of this hotel was this swimming pool. And one of the walls was made of glass and it actually extended to underneath the pool partially. So you could go under the water if you had some goggles and you look out in the street and it was really cool. Actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really it was super cool. Oh, but, man. um, you you lean against the wall and it jiggles a little bit. So it makes you worried that, like, you know, if someone leaned hard <laughs> enough on that glass, you're all getting sucked out into the street. But you're oh, you're definitely taking man, a plummet man. first. So there's a little bit of a... Wow. There's a little bit of danger involved. Hmm. Danger zone! Interesting. You said yeah. you saw a shark. You teased me. You said you saw a shark. Well, don't I did, my down. man. I did, my man. So the first... The first two, um, the first day of diving was pretty just uh, par for the course. Just saw some snakes and some fish, and it was me practicing. I hadn't done it for a year. Mm -hmm. But the second, the second day, um, I went to the Monza Dream Hole, which is really famous in Japan um, and Okinawa. It's the furthest I've ever um, dived. It is thirty three feet. So um, the pressure feet. really, like, I've never felt that level of pressure before. And uh, I actually had a problem with getting my left ear to pop or to basically acclimate to the pressure. So as I'm, as I'm trying to descend, because you're supposed to go headfirst down into this, uh, this cave. And this cave is dark. Like, it's completely dark. And uh, I'm trying to go headfirst, and my ear is not popping, and I feel that pressure. And if you go too far and you don't pop your ear, your ear, eardrum will burst. So I had Ooh. this, like, little panicking moment. Of yeah. like, fuck, my ear is gonna, my eardrum is gonna burst, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go deaf or something's gonna happen. In my... So I, I get myself upright, and I have to stay kind of at the base of the cave for the next like three minutes, um, while I'm trying to get my ear to pop. And I finally, I finally get it to pop, and I slowly descend. Finally, I get in there, um, and then yeah, I mean, we had little flashlights to see, but then we just pass through, and there, there are fish in there. It was cool. It's really cool. It sucked at first, but then it was fucking incredible, man. Just like going through a cave um in almost complete darkness under the water was just it was insanely cool. And it's not it's not like a wide cave, it's a pretty tight cave. So there's that, little That sounds like my worst nightmare, Shay. I can't do that. I'm too claustrophobic. I'm afraid yeah. of the dark. You're claustrophobic, huh? Claustrophobic? What's that? Claustrophobic. Oh, he's he's he really, yeah. he really doesn't want to move up to that deluxe apartment <laughs> in the sky. That's just too much mobility for him. That's... No, I, I can understand that fish. Um, in all seriousness, yeah, it. You know, I thought I was going to be a bit claustrophobic because I mean, it's in it's in the ocean, but it wasn't that bad. It was fine. We got through, and then um, second that was the first run. The second run, we went to this like huge like cliff face underneath the water and as we get there we see this shark i don't 
I don't know how big that is, about two, a foot and a half, two feet. I mean, it's not that big. Um, we saw a sh- that shark, and it was just kind of swimming away from everyone, but it's really cool to see a shark in the ocean. My first one, even though it was really small. Yeah. And then we got to see pygmy seahorses, which are about the size of your pinky fingertip. We got to see some of those. Uh, they're on That's this really little, yeah, well, this little cool. fan. Yeah. And then um, for the last one, and I, I didn't really want to tell you guys about this because I want to tell you now. Um, so we, this third dive that we did, it was like a row of coral, then sand, and then another row of coral, and then just a field of sand, essentially. And it slowly descends, you know, deeper and deeper. And our goal was to go to this old fishing, this, uh, I don't know if you'd say derelict, but basically this old fishing net that was supposed to capture things that have since, um, it since hasn't been used anymore, but anyway, so that was our goal. And as we're going down, like we're next to the, the coral row and then we're kind of in the sandy field and my, uh, my scuba, I guess, instructor or whatever you want to call it, the person who was guiding us points over to the middle of the field and it just looks like sand, but I look a little bit harder and there's this giant sea turtle just chilling. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, I was just chilling in the middle of the field. And as we get closer, it's about the size of me. Yeah. I'm six, yeah. I'm six foot one. It was fucking huge. And at first I thought there were two sharks right next to it. Because there are these big fish looking things. And um, actually, it was these fish called remora. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And clean fish. as we got closer to this turtle... These two remora flipped upside down, and and they put their backs on this turtle. And I was confused. I was like, why the hell are they doing that? It's adorable, but why are they doing that? And basically, they have this, like, sticky material on their scales. So when they flip upside down and get on this turtle carapace, if the turtle decides to swim away, the remora get a free ride and swim away with it. So we got to see that. We got to see just the like that behavior, but the turtle didn't swim away. It just didn't chilled. Swim away. It was just yeah. chill. It was like, eh, just I'm a fucking turtle. <laughs> uh, but we got to see that, and we got to see some sea snakes, of course, and we got to see some crazy fish I'd never seen before. So it was a really good trip um, in terms of scuba diving. I made a lot of friends. I got to see some like of this cool local architecture and stuff which is actually what kind of inspired this topic for this week so i'm excited to go into more detail later on but yeah it's a great trip yeah that's true it's worth well glad to have you back and uh yeah it did inspire the topic this week um josh of course joshua fowler is here from michigan josh uh, you've been sending us a lot of uh feed this week of really enough like your family playing a lot of games well, some Donut County, some Overcooked too. Mm-hmm. Um, what is what's with this family? All this family stuff this week. A bunch of good stuff for family gaming has come out recently. Um, Donut County, which is a uh, what do you even call that? It's I guess it's kind of in the same vein as like a Katamari Damacy type game yeah how do you label it yeah yeah i don't even know what to call it 
Um, but Other than an indie game, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just unbelievably charming. Um, momentum. Maybe we could call those momentum games because they're sort of about momentum in a way, right? Katamari was a ball. This one's about filling a hole. Yeah, I don't know. So, something like that. But yeah, you yeah. Don't like it. That sort of. <laughs> yeah. Fair uh, enough. Centipede likes. Mm. Not really. No, but <laughs> not at all. But that's. Um, but yeah, my daughter's been playing through that. I, I played through that at the beginning of the week when it first came out, and it's really fun. And so she saw me playing that and wanted to, wanted to play it herself. Uh, Is it pretty short? Because I, I've seen a lot of people talking about. Donut it's, County. It's a couple hours. It's not. It's not okay. long. Um, it's pretty pretty contained experience. You can you can sit down and play it in one or two settings, just depending on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she's been playing that, and then I. I had been trying to hold off on getting Overcooked Two until. Uh, trip out to see you guys. Later oh, in the year, okay. just for us to have some nice couch co-op games to play. But yeah, I've been okay. wanting to play it since it came out on the Switch. And so I just I went ahead and picked it up anyway. I figured we can play Couldn't it wait. later anyway. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, the whole family's that's been playing trying. that a bunch. I've been trying to hunt down games we can play too. Yeah, that's a that's a that looks like a pretty fun because me and Fish have never even played Overwatch One or Overwatch Overwatch One. Overcooked every time I think of Overcooked, <laughs> I want to say Overwatch, which is the strangest. Mm-hmm. Mashup, completely um, different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> fair point. But no, that uh, Donut County game. I actually downloaded it. Talked about this a couple weeks ago. How we steal games from each other. But I downloaded it on your Steam library. I just hadn't had a chance to play it yet. But I downloaded it today. So I want to show my daughter. I'm trying to get her into it, but she's being a little shit every time. She's in this weird phase where she just wants to play with her friends, and she doesn't care about her dad anymore. Breaking mm-hmm. my heart. So. Mm-hmm. How old is she now? Uh, she just turned six. Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I picked her up from school today, and she was like, Dad, I was talking to my friends. You interrupted my conversation. I was like, what? You used to run to me with open arms when I picked you up from school. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. Um, yeah, that whole kindergarten, first grade area. That yeah. that, that whole time. Yeah, my, my daughter kind of did the... Similar, not not exactly the same thing, but like she all of a sudden became a picky eater because all of her friends were, you know, mm. it was trendy to be a picky eater. Yeah, it's trendy. <laughs> oh no, I hate everything. Like if it's not macaroni and cheese or cheese pizza, it's the mm. worst. I'm like mm. this kid literally would eat anything before that. Like she's a really good eater. Like she's, yeah, and then yeah just hit that age and all of her friends were picky eaters and so she decided she hated everything yeah i guess i guess word to the wise make sure your little daughters don't socialize when they're six or seven <laughs> no i mean she's over it at this point but yeah for a while there it was just the worst yep I feel you man well glad you're here i'll be able, i should be able to talk a little bit more with you about that next week if i get a chance to play it Mm-hmm. Well, Donut County, because it looks it looks cute. Um, and yeah, Overwatch when you come up for for the trip. And of course, Fish is here, the one and only, the Filipino Johnny Depp. It's He's a, a me. new. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy Fish. It's your boy Fish. Um, we really got to work on your. I mean, pr- 
He's got Professor Layton, which is the legendary handle. I got General Mountain Time. You know, we stole your nickname for the VIP Instagram page. We really need to get you. Uh, what's your Instagram handle, Fish? Something Fish Sticks? Uh, fish Sticks Fish. Oh, that's. Hmm. I don't know yeah. about that one. I don't know. You but, sort of look like a Fish Sticks. I think that's thank fine. You. That part's good. Fish yeah. Sticks. That's, that was like his AOL name back when he used to chat up oh, girls in the oh, AOL chat yeah. rooms. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, chat fish six one one five. Wait, I don't remember the number, but I think that's pretty close. They'd be like, "What's your real name?" And I'd just make up a name. AF oh, well. I feel like a brat today. Well, damn it, I missed what Shay said. What'd you say, Shay? Sound... Repeat your. Joke. I said age, sex, location, please. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Sex, uh... please. That, that was Fish's opening line. Real classy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, lots of head Sorry. shaking. Sorry, um, no, Josh. But, but we, should, we should do like a contest, like a sword chomp contest. Can you find the ultimate screen name for Fish? And then he doesn't use it. <laughs> you... <laughs> no, I'll, I'll use all of them. I'll take any suggestions. You just follow me and... You shoot me a little message, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll try it out for a day or so. It'll be a big game. Can we find... Because we stole your nickname, so like we need more nicknames for you. That's the... Mm-hmm. I mean, just AKA Fish or something was taken. I tried. I threw a thousand at you, but none of them stuck. You went with no. Fish Sticks Fish. So. Fish Sticks Fish. What about the River Fish Sticks? Like the River Stick from mm. Mythology? No? That would be Cause fun. Because you're, you're like yeah. too emo. Yeah, one well, of my first WoW characters was Acheron. Oh. He, he, he can be. We can be bros. Hmm. What? <laughs> Shay's sending us inappropriate names for you over the chat that we can't repeat on the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, he just uh, used a C word. Oh. Oh, no. Jeez. I've not heard that word since the 40s. Oh my god. We can, Josh has been alive for quite a while. He's like a vampire. <laughs> Did I? She's I wasn't supposed to say that. We're going to have to edit that out. The way, the way you said it, I haven't heard that from the four, since the 40s. Made it sound like you were some man who's lived hundreds of years. Um, what about yes, fish sticks and It was chips? a joke. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. All right, we'll think of something. But fish is here. Um, he's ready to rock and roll, of course. I am uh, Morgan Barnes, a.k.a. General Mountain Time, if you're nasty, uh, from Montana. And um, I was going to say this as a nice transition for our first topic of this show. It's, uh, I, I was recently watching one of my favorite movies, Her. I actually posted about it on my Instagram today. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. It has Joaquin Phoenix in it. It's about a man who falls in love with a operating system. And the weird thing is, in that in that movie, it's free on Netflix. In that movie, their vision of the future, it's by Spike Jones. He made like um, Where the Wild Things Are and some other films like that. Um, but he, his vision of the future was this really cool looking city, but it, it didn't look too futuristic, but just futuristic enough. And I'm like, this place looks awesome. So I looked it up and it was actually Shanghai. Shanghai was where they filmed their idea of a futuristic Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that's really cool. There's actually a city out there that looks like that to me. Um, and 
it just got me thinking about different locations and stuff that how they were able to use a real city to look like a futuristic city or a slightly futuristic city. And how that actually it was. gets Shanghai gets used as that fairly often, like especially, yeah, just kind of that that sci-fi, but yes. relatable enough. Because of the architecture and yeah. the, a lot of the yeah yeah a lot of neon lights yeah mm-hmm. a lot of really, gibberish yeah. on the walls gibberish. sexy people I mean yeah as far as Americans are concerned yeah anything yeah. that isn't yeah yeah like fish everything that's not fish is gibberish mm-hmm. um, what <laughs> uh, <laughs> what no but it got me thinking about just locations and and. How important they are when we start talking about the topic, which is interesting because when Shay brought it up, and I'll let him kind of introduce why he did it, our topic of the show, we'll get some help from the, the Instagram community. This week is all about video game location. So Shay, I'll throw it to you because you were um, sort of inspired by your vacation and your journey. Yeah, I, so I was walking around in Okinawa and I was, I just left uh, Shuri Castle and I went there by myself, and I, as I was walking towards the train station, I had this weird feeling of, like, now I wouldn't say quite deja vu, but it was like this feeling of, I've been here before. Like, I've been to, I've been to the street, I've been in Okinawa, and I was like, I've actually, you know, I've never been here before, but I have this feeling like I had. So I thought about it um, for a good 30 seconds. And I was like, oh man, this actually reminds me of Final Fantasy X. And it reminds me of um, kind of the areas of Besaid and Kilika. Uh, and it, it became apparent to me that a lot of that game, the locations in a lot of those places, uh, were inspired by Okinawa, actually. And it makes sense as a lot of, a lot of the people who worked on that game are from Japan. But it almost looked as if they had just taken parts of Okinawa and just put it into their video game. And it made that part of my journey um, through Okinawa that much more impactful to me. Because I had felt like, you know, I had been here. I felt like I was tromping through a part of my childhood that I never imagined I would. And it kind of invoked this feeling in me of... Like, I think one of the reasons why we play video games is because we want to explore these locations or these scenarios that we either long for or that we will never explore in real life. And that's kind of intuitive when you think about it. But like, for example, Morgan, you love to play No Man's Sky because you're out exploring different parts of the universe and you get to see all these creatures and you get to interact with these people and you get to live this kind of like space fantasy that unfortunately none of us will ever be able to experience in our lifetime and that's due part partly to setting and partly to just circumstance or fish loves destiny because he likes to uh you know i'm not going to pretend like i know what destiny is about <laughs> but, uh, like he, he likes to shoot aliens and uh be the hero i guess i like to kill that? the hive and the fallen yeah and I like to shoot the Vex right. right in their juice box. That's right. Pop them right in the <laughs> chest. But I think all of us, like, we've played a Final Fantasy game because it kind of, like, they go to these, like, really vibrant, unique locations, but they're locations inspired in real life. 
and yeah yeah and like the like, architecture you mean or was it yeah just like well the architecture and the actual location itself i mean like you you look at the big desert in final fantasy 15 and you're like oh this has got to be reminiscent of a desert in real life and like if you were if you were privy yeah. to that particular location in the game maybe subconsciously or consciously you've always wanted to kind of explore a desert like um place on planet earth in real life and maybe that's not a viable or feasible option so the next best option is to play in video game form yeah and to to me that makes a lot of sense and so like when i was walking around i was like oh i'm finally kind of living uh like one of one of the fantasies of mine in a way like i'm walking through a place in final fantasy uh world and lore that i absolutely adored and i subconsciously push myself towards that kind of location um and then i get to i get to live that and so i think i think that's a big i think that's a big part of us playing video games is kind of like these locations that fuel these dreams and these fantasies of ours yeah yeah that's that's interesting and i like what you said about the no man's sky thing because like one of the things i bounce off of um is like games that look too realistic now i don't always hold it against them but like i don't get as much of that magical escapism fantasy for myself like i know a lot of people get off on the games that are based around realistic cities um, but I've never been one of those people generally, and I think that's because I go to video games for escapism, so it's tough. Now, Final Fantasy is a unique case because it's a fantasy game that's heavily inspired by a real place, as opposed to sort of a, uh, a reimagining of a real place like Grand Theft Auto. But um, yeah, I think that's part of it for me uh, in, a, in a big way. What about you, Fish? Like, when you started thinking about this topic, you're thinking about... Um... So, yeah, you just mentioned GTA, but I used to live in San Diego, California for about two years of my middle school years, so sixth, seventh grade, or about sixth grade, actually, I think, no, fifth to sixth grade, Um, but I'd never played San Andreas until I was living in Florida, Mm. and um, I do remember that my family would travel around California. We would go to San Francisco, go to their aquarium, go to the wax museum that they had over there. Um, <clears throat> but there was this one street that's very famous in Hollywood. It's like this big brick road that like zigzags all the way down a hill. And I remember my dad drove by it. and He's like, hey, guys, take a look over here. This is a real popular spot that's always in movies. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And it was nighttime. So like. It just, it was, I, I remember the zigging and zagging of the road going down this hill, but that was it. And then years later, when I'm playing San Andreas and I finally get out of San Andreas and go to, I forgot what they called San Francisco, but it was Adventure. No, no, that was, that was Las Vegas. Fuck. I, oh, it's going to bother me, but you're right. They had like their <laughs> version of San Francisco in that game. Yeah. Anyways, I remember pulling up to that spot in San Andreas and thinking, wow holy shit, is this how it really looks like? And sure enough, like, my curiosity got the best of me. I started looking up real pictures of it online, and I was like, oh, wow, this is cool. It's I'm actually visiting a place in a game that I vis- that's based off of something in real life and yeah. kind of reinvigorating my memories of seeing that, that one time. So, And then you yeah, ran somebody over on that street. 
and <laughs> uh, that's what happened. Yeah, pulled out my gat. Mm-hmm. Smeared all those childhood memories in blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, the like. A so lot that's of... a that's a real one to one kind of a thing. Like I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and for me that that was very striking for it to to actually play a game that's heavily based off of you... real world uh, locations. Yeah, and I love GTA San Andreas, so I don't, I don't I always wonder if it's like do you guys have less respect or more respect for games when they try to pull off a a replication of something real or if it's completely from imagination, I generally tend to appreciate those more. Um or do you guys don't have a preference? It depends. Like um I know we're probably going to talk about the trailer for uh Cyberpunk 2077 later, not the trailer but the gameplay footage, but yeah. Uh, it depends on how how that realism is replicated. For me, like, when I was playing Grand Theft Auto 3, because that was, for me, the height of when I was playing Grand Theft Auto games, um, at the time, it was pretty realistic, you know? Uh, that, 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 was, that was the farthest realism had come in a video game and in a sandbox-slash-open-world game, because it was one of the first ones. And for me, I didn't really get off on the realism of the location or the setting i got off more mm-hmm. on the realism of like how the npcs reacted you know uh that that to me and granted we look back now and we're like that's so archaic and those npcs are ass but i mean for its time they were awesome and they they reacted pretty pretty well in accordance with uh current technology and to me that was that was always the more impressive aspect of it. Like the actual replication of locations never really does anything for me personally um, in terms of like one to one. Like you look at you look at for me, like you mm. look at Far Cry five yeah. and just like the scenery and how it's trying to replicate Montana to the best of its ability. And to me, I look at it and I'm like, that's cool. That's cool to experience. I would rather go see that in person. Or you look at something like um, Fallout 4, since I had been recently playing it, and it replicates a lot of Boston. And to me, I, I think, oh, that's cool. That's a really cool interpretation of Boston. I'd rather go see Boston in person. So for me, it's more of an influence to go see those things in real life. Um, but that's just my personality. That's my thing. That's what I want to do. I'd rather see those locations. Yeah. In real life, you know, whereas some people don't like to travel as much, so that's the next mm-hmm. best thing for them. Well, some people just don't have, you know, the funds to actually travel to all these great des- destinations either, so. But uh, I- I'd like to add also GTA 4. I've never been to New York, but I still feel like seeing, you know, so much footage on TV of New York and uh, seeing all, like, it's... uh special locations uh, and landmarks like playing through gta 4 and on a on a i guess a next generation at that time i think gta 4 was came out like a year or so later after the xbox 360 came out and just seeing the graphics of how rockstar handled um pulling off a realistic uh yeah version of new york yeah because you've never been there yeah but that's true that's true because I I always wanted to go to California and like playing San Andreas was almost like weirdly therapeutic for me. 
because it was like half the state of California. They did what? Uh, and Nevada. Um, so like, right. but yeah, and I had never been there. So that was almost slightly a fantasy in a weird way. Um, it's like I'm living out my Pulp Fiction fantasies here. Uh, so <laughs> in a sad way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so now you never want to go to New York, right? Fish like, fuck. Now I've seen New York. Oh, no. Like a... I want to, I want to eat all the hot dogs from all the hot dog vendors. That's it. That's the first thing you want to huh. do is just eat a hot dog, huh? <laughs> yeah, give me a hot dog. High hopes. <laughs> it's fish for you. You just yeah, fuck the souvenirs. I don't want any pins or you know. Just get the man a hot wiener and he's good to go. Mm. Well, what, about, what about you, Josh? What do you uh, What do you think when it comes to this topic? Um, I'm generally more of a fan of games that are just kind of their own thing. Generally, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just. I, I feel like there's more I I'd rather I'd rather experience something that I just I can't in real life is is kind of what I'm leaning towards. Yeah. Anyway, just as a personal preference, not that there's anything horribly wrong with the other, it's just personal preference. However, in Fallout 3, um uh, just experiencing not DC as it is, but like the you know radioactive wasteland of dc mm-hmm. was really neat after having been there just because i you know you got out of that first vault and i knew where everything was which was odd Shit. like the entire game map i knew where everything was which was just a really weird experience shape hurt uh, right up when you said fallout 3 whoop like i did i was like what shell. Whoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Like for me, playing Far Cry Five. Sorry to go back to this. I didn't really feel. <clears throat> I didn't feel like I knew where certain things were. But mm-hmm. Montana's such a big state. To be fair, and a lot of it is wilderness. That unless you know exactly where those locations are, it's not. It's not like oh, I feel familiar being here. It's not that, but like something well, smaller, like the... you're saying, like D- DC or Boston or can't really say New York, like parts of New York. And yeah, you feel yeah. that level of shit. I've been here. I know um, one, one of our listeners, I can't remember if it's um, Hakuna Matata or if it's someone else, but the new Fallout um, is supposed to be in Pennsylvania, if I remember correctly. The new Fallout? You mean West Virginia? Yeah, West. Sorry, West Virginia. Yeah, sorry. The song West Virginia. That's right. Yeah, Don, John Denver, "Take Me Home," mm-hmm. "Country Roads." No, it's yeah. Andrew, so it's going to be taking place there, yeah. and um, I know a few people are like, "Oh, these are my old stomping grounds." Are so excited, yeah. and they want to see those places, and I, that's really cool for people um, that experience that. I think it's a good feeling for them to, you know walk around or to walk around in a game and be like oh shit i've been here yeah for me the Mm -hmm. opposite the opposite was more powerful for me like walking around in the real world and being like oh shit this is what this video game is inspired from i get it now to me that was more powerful but i could Mm -hmm. see the opposite being more i agree sometimes it's it's a dump like the the fallout thing is interesting to me because i'm like west virginia sounds like the most least interesting place in the entire world doesn't mean it's going to be but, like, how are you going to sell me on West Virginia? Like, 
as a place I want to explore in a video game. You know what I mean? Like, what's interesting about that? Uh, Mount really? Mamas? Exactly. You live in Montana. And Montana is a dis- <laughs> hey, and on, somehow somehow the nation's other mountain range. Now that one's boring. The Rockies, no, no, these these ones are great. That other mountain range, we don't talk about that other mountain range. Yeah, but Montana is a Fuck very the Appalachians. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even then, it has to be. A... <laughs> I, to I'm be fair saying, to like, Josh's uh, point. To be fair to Josh's point, half of Montana is plains. It's flat mm. as fuck. Yes. Well, I'm not, but Montana isn't interesting because it's Montana. Like, <laughs> the reason I think Far Cry is interesting is because it's based on, I don't know if you know this, Shay, but it's not actually real locations in Montana. It's just based off of right, right. landscape mm-hmm. and stuff. So, uh, and it's also cracked out in a fantasy sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's Fan- fantasy. The- fantasy is a loose term because Montana used to be the meth capital of the world. So let's mm-hmm. let's back off that fantasy listing a yeah. little bit. Well, now yeah. it's the bliss capital of uh, yeah. Their their what drug use in Fallout is really unrealistic. They're four, five percent higher. Far Cry, you mean? Yeah, Far Cry, whatever. Yeah, it's it's, still... it's probably I would I believe that the bliss is probably loosely inspired by something like that, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the thing that's interesting about Far Far Cry to me wasn't was like when I was, and this is something I mentioned on our Instagram page was when I was a kid. I used to do a lot of weird drugs and I used to wander around trailer parks and stuff. And I would just like look, and I was a nerd too. And I'd be looking around. That's like, code for Morgan huffing glue. No, paint. I didn't. I, I didn't huff any glue. I mean, nothing crazy. Sniffing you know? paint. Yeah. Just like, you know, pot, snorting pills, stuff, you know, things kids do. And, um, I was a teenager. I was a very sad, depressed teenager at the time. And I had some bad to write a passage. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. After, after the sixth pill of, Huffing and sniffing might all, he decided that he was going to go clean. No, actually, it was a sinus infection that I got. And uh, from snoring, I did decide I was going to go clean. Uh, but this isn't a, it's not the point, okay? The point is, I was doing it. You're, really you're really making a case for a far more cracked out Far Cry seem more like it's base heavily. You want to enjoy Far Cry 5? Well, Make sure you fucking sniff some pills. Just huff them right into uh, your nasal cavity, and uh, you will understand the true beauty of yeah. the blister. Don't crush them. Just insert them right up there and have somebody punch you in the face. Just right in the face. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think your voice changed there, too. Um, right in the face. Uh, you know, I, it's, I, don't think, I don't know if the drugs are really that important. I just remember lo- thinking about it a lot at the time because it's difficult to capture sometimes the grungy essence of places like, like a trailer park. Let I was blown away. Like Far Far Cry had the first trailer park that blew me away from a detail perspective. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like you have to make it look lived in. You have to make it look um there's a lot of delicate layers to making it look kind of lived in yeah. and beat down. Well, the issue is the copy pasta that most games suffer from. Whereas every yes, single person yeah. in a trailer park has made unique and special horrible decisions with their life. So all those tra- trailers look very different. Well, the 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 trailers. In, here's the thing. They're they did a pretty good job in Far Cry, and I and I mean that in all honesty. I did a video on our website, but you're you're right to a degree, Josh. One of the things that takes me out of games a little bit, even the best games, is that like for example, in Far Cry, they have this funny picture of a guy catching a fish, and you can see the same frame in like 
seven out of the ten trailers. Mm. Even if they designed the entire trailer differently, and it's like, what, did everybody shop, shop at the same Target? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they got the same goddamn frame. So it's like, the copy pasta is a little problematic. Mm. But in general, I think that Far Cry did a great job of capturing the you personality. Can, uh, you can only really get away with that with stuff that's obviously sold at Walmart. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can yeah, expect Walmart. that to be in every single one of the trailers. Like, I mean, they all, they all bought their Confederate flag at the same place. I, I could pitch it. I could, I could pitch it that way if I wanted to. Um, but it's probably just copy pasta. And, you know, that's, that's a little unfortunate. You know, some of the buildings that I went in the beginning of the game that blew my mind later in the game, I'd see some repeating stuff. But mm -hmm. in general, like, I, they copied the essence of the personality of a place like Montana without having to replicate it. And that's interesting to me. I've lived here my whole life, and no game has really done that. And that's important to me as a gamer to, to see that. Like, there's literally never a game that has done that before, and there probably will never be another one. I hate to say, but there may never be another game set in Montana for 5, 10, 15 years, you know, for all we know. That's just kind of, it's very possible that that could happen. And then um, the other funny one was, uh, uh, God damn, I was thinking of, like, little things in games that, like, there's this meadow in the beginning of Breath of the Wild. So sometimes for me, it's like the small sections, but there's this meadow at the beginning of Breath of the Wild where, um, where you walk up to the left, it's like right past that first lake, and there's like a tree kind of coming out of the ground, and sort of like a meadow and a clearing, and it reminds me of this very specific place that I went to as a kid in Florida, and there are sometimes there's little things in games that translate to like a memory that you had when you were a kid, and it's almost mm -hmm. hard to explain, but it just hits you, and you're like, whoa, like, there's obviously that wasn't intentional, but they're like, they're getting, giving like a weird sense of deja vu because they're triggering something there. Uh, and I get that a lot from certain games, and I, and I really do love that. Like, I had this recurring nightmare that I get sometimes from No Man's Sky when I look off the cliffs into the deep waters. I used to have this recurring nightmare about this deep, vast ocean with sharks in it, um, and the water was just black. And there's some areas like with like games that do water really well that remind me of that, and that reminds me. So anyways, this is a loose interpretation of the topic, but... For me, it's not necessarily always like the big things, like the city, as sort of as much as like capturing the small essences of locations that I've been. Hmm. Um, I think Far Cry Five does a great job. But yeah, uh, so I want us to we could respond to some cool uh, comments that we got here on the at Swordchomp Instagram page because uh, we had some listeners that wanted to sound off on this topic this week. And look, some of the listeners took it in different ways, and I think that's okay. Just, you know, if you have fun responding to it, we're gonna, usually going to read it and talk about it for the most part. So, um, and again, every Thursday, we do a topic of the show on our Instagram page. If you want to chime in, if you don't, that's fine. You can just listen. But if you chime in, we might read your comment. Like the official Dova Fett, he wrote in OG Unreal Tournament, Lava Giant. Uh, the song that plays on this map, coupled with the ambience and sound design, made this a map I'd load up with zero bots and just hang out on. Like, it was my happy place, standing on the edge of the map, looking out into nothing. Um, mm. Which is interesting. That's, some people took it as sort of like a familiar, like, comforting like place at the location around you. Yeah. That's fair. I know, like, for me, when I pop on, like, a game as, like, comfort food, part of that is going to those locations and be like, Ah, oh, okay, I've been here, like, a thousand times. Mm -hmm. This is comforting. Yeah. This is relaxing. Yeah. Um, uh, J.S. Yarto said, okay, so for some reason the game that would become XCOM Declassified was supposed to take place in my hometown of Elkhart, Indiana. 
Not sure why. Maybe, I mean, maybe meth was invented by aliens. But yeah, Google, XCOM, and Elkhart. And yeah, it pops up. It was never fully realized, but that was the thing. So they almost got a game based off their hometown. It never happened. Bum, bum. <laughs> That's that. Um. Although that's the irony, Shays. Uh, hopefully people don't think Montana is a bunch of cracked out hillbillies like Far Cry portrays them. But, well, you I know that's why I left. I, you know, I got tired of just walking down the street and seeing people strung out on their front lawns, foaming at the mouth, all hmm. butt-fucking each other. Just got tired of it. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's no place to raise a family. <laughs> no, it's not. It's even crazy is when some of the, butt, the, kind of family the, the families are butt-fucking each other. It's just like, it's it too right. much. Jesus. Ouch. That's... <laughs> we all just collectively... a centipede going from one trailer to another. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Well then, um, the, the game twenty five one nine nine zero said the U S the U S G Ishimura from Dead Space reminds me of high school. That's weird, but I guess like, <laughs> and then some guy named Fish Sticks Fish jumped in and said, "Are you sure you weren't on acid in a whorehouse?" <laughs> so I got a couple questions. What's a whorehouse? Are you talking about a haunted house? Yeah. Who says whorehouse? Horror house. Horror house? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I was fishism. thinking, you know, Dead Space is a horror game. Uh, yeah, I should have said Haunted <laughs> You were trying. He's, he's trying. He's, he's trying to get out there, you know. Cut him a, he's, cut him a little slack. Um, please. Please. I won't, but you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Timey Wimey said, although I just, I love the idea of a USG Yusuf and Yushimura. I can't say it. What is it? <laughs> USG Ishimura. Sorry. I love the idea of a school that looks like a uh, rattled space station. That sounds like a really fucking cool school. To go to. Um, Event Horizon. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Justin Timey Wimey said the main lobby area of the Calypso Casino in Rainbow Six Vegas. Stuff in my family went pretty bad when I was a kid. Right before that, I convinced my dad to play Rainbow Six with me so we could have some time together. This became our favorite section of the game. We memorized everything so we could feel like a real tactical unit. And to this day, when he goes to a work conference in St. Louis, there's a place that reminds him of this map. He hmm. sends me a picture of it to remember how much fun we had playing a game that looked like that. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Very touching. Hmm. Um, Mother Wolf said... Uh, I always have a very deep emotional resonance to the environment in Assassin's Creed Origins. I adore the flowers strewn through the streets, the little family altars, cushions and blankets set out in lounge areas, and wafts of incense in the air. I feel like those design choices really emphasize the relationship between the people and their religion practices. You know, that's a good thing. And Shay was kind of touching on this too when he said that the Grand Theft Auto thing wasn't really about the one-to-one -one thing and more about like the people. And what I'm thinking that he's touching on is something I agree with, but sometimes it's about the sense of place. You know what I mean, mm -hmm. so, so they're building yeah. a sense of place. Yeah. yeah. For, for example, another game that does this really well is Okami. Um, the way it makes Japanese folklore seem like an actual, just real place. Like the interactions you have with all the, all the characters in that world. Yeah. It, it just, the, the whole thing just... <sighs> It just it works like it it feels mm -hmm. like 
all of this all of this lore fits together into an actual place. Yeah, uh, better. That's than, how I felt about Worldcraft, yeah. World Warcraft, when it first mm-hmm. came out. Had a really good. A lot of great games have a good sense of place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is is important. Yeah, uh, I mean, except for the Alliance ones, you really yeah, only get them. those if you're you know a sociopath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. For Hicks. The horde. For the horde! Mm-hmm. Mr. Hicks2299 said, Kamutro and Yakuza, the retro Sega arcades and the fact that it's based off real Japanese city, reminds me of why I fell in love with Japan. Same with Shenmue for me. I've never been to Japan, but a lot of people mention that. Like, um, one thing I, w- I was hoping one day Shay gets a chance to play a little Yakuza, uh, Yakuza uh, Persona 5, because that game is extremely Japanese, and I'm always wondering, like, if there, how, what of that sort of resonates with you if you've been to Japan? Because I've never been there, obviously. Uh, but Yakuza is a big one. Uh, let's see. Um, Hakuna Matata, our good friend 522, VIP Hakuna Matata, said, I really love Los Santos in GTA V. The game came out right when I became the, an L.A. driver at my shop, and it was such a trip delivering electrical equipment all day and then playing the virtual version at night. That, <laughs> is, that, is, that is weird. It's like you're jump. It's almost like where you're like one of those movies where like you're in like a fake, like you jumping to another realm, and the other realm is like a fake version of the actual world you live in. Um, let's do a couple more here. Nick of Time Games said, "Click Clock Wood in Banjo Kazooie really hit me hard as a kid. I fell in love with that level and watched the world and characters change with each season. Mm-hmm. It really impressed me upon how time changes for better or worse." Probably the most poignant lesson I've ever learned from a game. That sounds like more of a place, um, a sense of place. Being a, yeah, kidding. yeah. That level in particular is amazing. the The score changes with each season you're in mm. there as well. Like it's 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 the same song, but the um, just a different beat since you or- the orchestration changes through through for, for each season. So you get just this different feeling of the same song that just really mm-hmm. kind of lets the whole thing gel together and make it just it it really feels special that's really cool i mean that kind of actually when i read that comment earlier um this week it reminded me actually of uh pokemon black was it black and white or x and y i'm pretty sure it's black and white was the first one that integrated like seasons and um stuff like that and when they yeah. integrated that into pokemon uh, it just added another layer um, to kind of mm-hmm. like the location of where you're at. Not only did it like just increase or de- decrease the percentage, uh, the chances of you encountering a Pokemon, but it just added a different feel to the game, and it it brought it brought the world that much more alive. So I think it's really cool when games do that. Yeah, simulation games are good at that. Um, like No Man's Sky has a lot of weather effects. Games that do a lot of weather changing seasons, they're moving toward more like a simulation where they just want to sort of um recreate a world that's just constantly yeah that's a good point um sir right. arthur ruggins oh sorry sir, sir arthur higgins said i honest sir arthur thuggins <laughs> sir arthur thuggins there's your there's your name new, fish that's yeah your, <laughs> yeah you're, you're all i was like, literally just thinking that that's fish's <laughs> new nickname thuggins we're all on the same wavelength uh Sir Arthur Higginson. I honestly thought this was a picture from National Geographic or something. Say what you want about Ubisoft, but they make some pretty games. That's a random comment about the picture I put up. And yes, they do. They make some mm-hmm. very, very pretty games that I like and Josh hates. 
Um, Zach and Cheese 55 said, I think you can take it a step further and say that people inhabiting those places contribute a lot to the believability, which is kind of what Shay was saying earlier. Far Cry 5 was... <laughs> uh, I don't agree with this. Far, let's let's finish the comment. <laughs> Far Cry 5... <laughs> Come on, Morgan, finish the comment. Far Cry 5 was the worst offender of portraying the people of the Midwest very poorly, in my opinion, as someone who lives in Oklahoma. I was annoyed by the one-note NPC. I don't know why you'd yeah. expect more than one note whenever the main players in the story only have the one note. God damn it, Josh! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> No, I, the NPCs were pretty lame. I mean, they were pretty much just like over the... They were just characters. They were like over-the-top characters of... Yeah. You know, yeah. like that poor lady you lit on fire on the top of the church when you and Fish were playing, Shay. That lady's just like an over-the-top, ah, my daddy was buried here, and now I'm going to kill it. You know what I mean? Like, that's... I don't think that's necessarily how people are portraying our area of Montana. It's just their portrayal yeah. of like... Yeah, not everyone has a family graveyard. <laughs> I think it's just a gross misrepresentation of the people, and that's what creates stereotypes in part, you know? Like, a lot of people, uh, you know, who are from the U.S., that even when I run into them in Japan, and they're like, oh, you're from Montana? Isn't it pretty, like, uh, what's the word? Not pre-industrial, but, like, it's it's pretty far back in terms of technology and stuff. I'm like... You know, we're not that far behind, motherfuckers. Like, we're not, like, this, just this hick central of the U.S. It's just, like, all these stereotypes exist because people perpetuate them. Which isn't, like, a big deal at the end of the day. I don't sit there and lose any sleep over it or argue with anyone. But it's just kind of funny that those stereotypes exist and they're perpetuated because of well, that's what shit like is- Far Cry 5 having people like, Well, my horse done and got up and he just pissed on my tractor and drank all my beer and now what am i gonna do i don't remember that mission but it sounds interesting (laughs) that mission sounds interesting you know i i agree with you to a point shay but i don't doesn't bother me because i feel like if that's come on if you're basing your opinion of a place based off of the media entertainment especially something like far cry it's like come on i'm not even gonna argue those people because they're just ignorant so that's why it doesn't bother me That's true. And I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm glad that those stereotypes kind of exist because then it prevents more people from going to Montana and ruining it. So. And I'm selfish. Like I've said multiple times on the podcast, I don't want more people going there. Except John Mayer. He comes here and he fucks all our women and writes music. Uh, Bagzak said, Arkham Knight really connect. (laughs) Both both women? Is that your Yeah. A lot of beautiful women in Montana. Thank you. No, uh, there's Batman. a lot of them, but there's still only the two of them. Yeah, yeah keep your keep your stereotypes, like Shay said. Don't go to Montana. It's beautiful here. We don't. I apologize don't for that it. joke. That one was that was uncalled for. So, apology accepted. Mm. As a Montanian, I fully accept your your apology. A Montanian? A Montanian. That's what they call. Yeah, a Montanian. It's You're... Montanan. Montanian. No, it's not. Say it with a, say it with a, <laughs> you know what? There probably is an I in there, I'm sure. I'm, yeah. Tanny. That sounds right. That sounds 100% All legit. All Montanians are, are as well-versed as me in the human <laughs> I mean, language. Haven't you ever been to the state of Montania? I know I have. Oh, that sounds really cool, actually. Um, last one, Bad Zach said, Batman Arkham Knight really connected with me. Gliding around as Batman in Gotham was amazing. VIP Bad Zach, I should say. 
one of our new VIPs. Um, gliding around as Batman in Gotham was amazing. Batman has already been my favorite superhero. So the environment, that's an interesting one where they're creating a good sense of place, maybe from yeah. your childhood, of reading comics and stuff, and they're able to create that, what yeah. you always dreamed that of. That city is really well realized, too. It's, it's really good. Like, the, the only times I had a hard time with it were the few missions where you had to use the Batmobile, and you've mm -hmm. been gliding around the city, not really paying attention to which streets actually connect or don't. <laughs> and you get there and like, all right, I know exactly where I'm supposed to go. How the fuck do I get there using a road? <laughs> yeah. Although oh, that still felt good, though, because I, I've had the exact same experience driving through other cities that, especially on the East Coast, since they mm -hmm. were all made before any sort of city planning became a thing, you get that same sort of feeling just driving through cities in the East Coast. Interesting. Cool. And I forgot to mention uh, JSZ Yarto, also a VIP. Uh, thanks, everyone, for their comment every Thursday at Swordshop on Instagram. If you're a VIP, I'll call you out whenever we read your comments. So um, thank you for taking time to read, or I'm sorry, uh, leave a comment that we can talk about on the show and discuss. Always fun to have our little community portion of the show. Speaking of community, if you want to support us, scrappy young lads hacking away at this whole Sword Chomp Chomp casting, patreon.com slash sword chomp um it's pretty fantastic i mean fish why should people sign up for our our uh, vip page oh they got they get exclusive access to our private instagram filled with all sorts of naughty i mean is, it, is there naughty pictures in there <laughs> pretty sure there is <laughs> you know if you're gonna sell it you need to have more conviction you know. hmm. Yeah. Yes, there's naughty pictures. Um, yeah, if that if that that, that rustles your jimmies, you should definitely uh support us then. Oh, Russell, you know a lot of weird phrases. Russell's your jimmies. Never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> First time for everything. Russell's your jimmies. And do you know any more? How many weird phrases can I get out of you? Um, Jimmy, my Russells. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Nope, nope. Fish, we're taking the that, microphone away from Fish. That, Take mm, it away. <laughs> I don't know. It, make, it makes more sense than the first one, though. Still. <laughs> it does. It's true. Speaking of which, if you want to see Fish dress, dressed up as Carmen Sandiego, you should check out our VIP page, um, <laughs> along with some secret stuff from Shay's Vacation, including a funny, many funny secret videos that we're not even allowed to tell you about. Um, there's a Oh, Fish is a good story I wanted you to tell. Um, um, some dead uh, dead cell spoilers. I did a highlight this week. I wanted, yeah, I know everyone. Can, yeah. Josh, it's top secret. Don't say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did a highlight this week. Uh, one of our, I want to do this once a week. If you're a VIP patron, I want to give you a shout out and a highlight, which I'm doing on our private page. And this week it was Danny, um, Danny P, uh, five eighteen. Um, who's one of our VIP members, so we're appreciative of that. And also, you know, if you're a part of our club, it's like a little lounge, and we want to get to know each other. It's like people who are really invested in what we do and want to support us, and it uh, means a lot to us. Um, yeah. So we, we really thank you for all that. Patreon.com slash Swordchomp. Join the VIP. Look for that $5 tier. Uh, Fish, this is a real story. I'm getting this up later tomorrow. It's a rare classified photo of an alligator face. I did get the... Shay was really scuba diving, and then I had a video of me, you, and VIP Akuna Matata scuba diving with sharks in No Man's Sky. But there's a weird story behind this classified alligator shark face, Fish. Uh, can you recant this really briefly? 
Um, because I oh, I'm gonna yeah yeah. So we were at, we were hanging out at your uh, little sea base. Uh, what was uh, it called? Uh, uh, it's not a sea base. What it's it a sea lab. There sorry. we go. There we go. Yes, you have a sea lab. Um, that you've uh. <laughs> tricked out and both me and hakuna matata were both impressed with what you did with that uh research center um complete with even like indoor uh steps that go into the water and everything anyways literally five seconds of exploring that place and jumping into the water me and hakuna matata both see a shark that morgan has not seen and we take a picture of it and send it to Morgan because he doesn't believe us that there's a second species of shark. And he's been studying these sharks supposedly at his sea lab. And me and Hakuna Matata all of a sudden find a new species of sharks within five seconds of jumping into the water. So what's up with that, Morgan? You just what set yourself up a you place really where you could hang your feet in the water and drink beer, didn't you? This is, this is all just a ruse, wasn't it? I no. mean, would that be so bad? He's not that cool, Josh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no. That's what I would have done. Uh, we still haven't figured out if it was a weird glitch or that really is another species in that land. But, like, I swear to God, I've killed hundreds of sharks or seen hundreds of sharks. I'm not a killer. Like, they, huh. they actually started slaughtering huh. all the... Sh- I swear to God, I'm not killing huh. them. Um, <laughs> yeah, that came out wrong. Um, You're processing those error. fish there, aren't you? You're just... They... <laughs> I swear. I swear. I... This, the first thing Akuna Matata and Fish did when they jumped in the water is they started killing them because they're just murderous people. Um, and it made me very sad because, you know, it's a peaceful research base. But no, it's weird. I don't know if it's a weird glitch or what, but they got proof that they found a shark with a different face and we've only seen one of it. It's like, it could be a weird glitch. I mean, the game is kind of buggy and there's a billion things it could be regenerating. And if that's the case, it was like one of the coolest bugs I've ever seen. So I'll put that up on our VIP page with a classified sticker, like one of those like classified intelligence logos like so we have proof that exists um you know like with the stamp that says classified why the sound effect <laughs> that's, it's like a big stamp <laughs> classified. that's almost like a judge's handle and they okay just, and they just made fun of me for being a shitty researcher huh. um but there's yep. a lot of cool stuff on our, our vip you page are. I don't know. I like it. I like it. I like the idea of having your own personal floating tuna processing plant in a bar. (laughs) That's the next. I keep emailing Sean that I want the next update to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kill the animals and turn them into food. Hmm. Harvest resources from them. That is the next step. No, I want it to be more like farming and growing. Um, But yeah, so let's get to some polls. Every Tuesday at Sword Chomp, I do that a lot. Every Tuesday at Sword Chomp on Instagram, we do polls and it gives us fun things to talk about on the show. And you vote, as in you, the follower, the listener, or maybe you don't. You just like to hear us talk about it, which is okay too. A lot of fun things to run down. Pretty big announcement they made this week with kind of a cheesy announcement trailer. Diablo 3 will be officially launching on the Nintendo Switch. Um. There was a pretty silly little video that Blizzard did with Reggie, and I did a poll that said, I will probably buy Diablo 3 for the 100,000th time on the Switch. Um, But it actually came back 53% saying no. 
So I guess people might be a little burnt out, but I don't know. That's just the polars. Everything on the Switch sells like hotcakes. But yeah, how'd you feel about that, uh, Josh? You know, Diablo 3 is coming to the Switch. Eh, I'm probably not going to pick it up. I think I've played all the Diablo 3 I'm going to at this point. We played it so much when it came out. Yeah. But I just, mm-hmm. I, and then again, whenever each expansion came out, I just, yeah. I don't think I'm going to go back through it. I mean, I could surprise Same. myself once I'm finally actually able to buy it. But I, I, I don't see it happening. Especially if there's nothing new. I'm with you. Like, I, that's one of my favorite games ever, but God, I've played it too much. Just having it on the go is not really a reason for me to play it again. Yeah. 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 There are other now, games that I'd more likely be interested in having in just on the go. Diablo doesn't... I don't know. Like, it's, it doesn't seem like something you can just pick up for a couple minutes. Like, it seems more like something you're going to sit down and grind away at for an hour or so. Whereas yeah. some of the other games on the Switch, like, just just being on the Switch is a bigger selling point. And, I don't know, I, I think that's okay for Diablo, but not not as big of a seller as some of the others. So. Yeah, I agree. There was a time in my life where I would have killed for this game. I worked at a, for a call center, and we used, they used to let us play handheld games in between phone calls. Mm-hmm. And there was a time in my life where I was so addicted to Diablo 3, and if this would have been a dream come true. But most, like most things in life, you know, when it does finally happen way down the road, you know, it just doesn't feel quite as special anymore. Um, so, uh, I don't know, Josh is giving me a look. I feel like I'm missing a joke here. Um, maybe he'll type it for me. But yeah, so like, there's a time when this would have been the coolest thing ever, and if you haven't played Diablo 3, it's going to be amazing. But as the polls indicate, most of us are kind of burnt out on Diablo 3, and Blizzard would be really nice if we got Diablo 4 sometime in the next five years. <laughs> I want it now. I'm ready. Now. Oh, God. Diablo 4, can you imagine how that would ravish our lives? So yeah, the listeners said, eh, probably not. The next poll, this is a cool one. I saw a narwhal in No Man's Sky, and it made me think, oh, fuck, the narwhal is a crazy-ass real creature. And yes, it is. It is a real thing, not a mythological beast. The narwhal, and the poll basically just said, the narwhal is just insane. It sounds so bro like, dude, the narwhal is just insane. I should appreciate it more. Came back 90% yes. 90%, huh? 90% feel like they need wow. to appreciate the narwhal more. Hmm. We should. I think we, we're, we're on to something here. I think we could all join hands and... Tusks? And tusk. <laughs> and just ram them into each other's chests. Uh, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Well, it's weird because I didn't really understand the logistics of the narwhal. It's pretty common sense. <laughs> it, it, it uses the giant, like... Basically, it's like a giant tusk or tooth that grows out of its snout. It looks insane when you look at it. Shay might know more about this than me. But basically, I assume it just uses that to break the ice because it can get trapped under the ice. In fact, tons of them die when uh, those areas freeze over and I guess they're unable to break them. I was reading today about how many of them just die because they suffocate, um, which is very sad. Yeah, sounds about right. Well, That's man, all you they got? They should know better. <laughs> they should know better not oh, to be bad. swimming underneath ice. Fucked up. True. Actually, so random story, really quick, like 30 seconds, almost unrelated. Um, I discovered in the nor- northernmost 
uh, Japanese main island, uh, Hokkaido, that you can go ice scuba diving. So I really want to try that this winter. Oh, weird. Right. Ice scuba diving? So you go underneath the ice and you scuba dive down there. So you need a dry suit oh, because it's so cold. And then you go diving underneath the ice. I don't want to lose my friend. That sounds cool. Yeah. I'd do yeah. that. But uh, back to the narwhal. Uh, just a couple of random facts. They are not on an endangered list. I didn't know if they were or not. Uh, there, they, uh, there are estimates of 170,000 of them being alive. And <clears throat> this was interesting to me. The males sexually mature at 11 to 13 years old, but the females sexually mature at 5 to 8 years old. Wow. It's a little bit yeah, similar sure. to hu- it's a little bit similar to humans actually. I think that uh yeah. That females of the human race sexually mature a little bit faster than the males. Yeah. Fish still hasn't hit sexual maturity. Almost 30. So. Mhm. It's everyone still growing. <laughs> it's a good it's a good pickup. Still growing ladies, no need to freak out. Um 5'10 today, maybe mm-hmm. 6 foot next month. Yeah. By the time you're done training me, I will be full size. <laughs> I'll be a nice full size object for your pleasure or disappointment. Um, yeah, it's, it's Shay. Can you think of any other beast out there that's closer to a mythological looking creature than the narwhal? In your opinion, um, that looks like one or is one? Come on, don't be. Come on. Is well, a mythological beast? That's tricky. What do you mean? Well, I, I, that looks, no, I don't, I can't off the top of my head really think of anything. Um, there's this, like, there's this species of gecko. It's called the leaf-tailed satanic gecko. And it looks, looks like, like a baby crazy dragon. Uh, those are really mm-hmm. cool looking. Oh. Um, yeah. but one that I would say is I a I mean, giant squid were their own legend for... That's forever. true too. Yeah, that's that is true. true too. The Kraken, Kraken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually yeah. That that would be another one. But the closest thing that would be to an actual mythological creature would actually, I think, weirdly enough, be something called a tardigrade or a water mm-hmm. bear. I think those are the closest thing to a mythological creature. Um, those things are crazy. What is it called? A tardigrade? Tardigrade. Oh yeah, it's like a little. It's like a microscopic thing, right? Yep. Yeah, it's it's microscopic. It can essentially live forever. It can live in space. It can live in any condition known to man. Um it uh if I remember correctly, it can lengthen its own telomeres. A uh, bunch of stuff. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it looks like a sex toy. It looks real creepy. It actually looks like one of those weird-ass things you'd see wandering around in No Man's Sky. I'm going to send you guys a picture of it. Fish has probably never seen it. Um, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fish just flipped Morgan off in the politest way possible. <laughs> yeah, for that little dig. Very polite. Very mm-hmm. polite. Such a gentleman. Even when mm-hmm. he's flipping me off. Um... Yeah, that's just I've been fascinated by the narwhal because if you just look at it, it's just a crazy looking thing. It's basically like a beluga with a giant fucking unicorn horn on it. Now I know that sounds you know derivative because the unicorn horn is a fantasy creature, but uh, and there's no practical use for the unicorn horn, but unless it lives under ice. So um, the uh, 
Well, I mean, think about that. Unicornism is a silly fantasy creature, right? But the horn has no purpose. Uh, unless they're For stabbing impaling men. Well, but, but then it would be stuck on you've, its horn. You've never seen Cabin in the Woods? No. Oh, no, I have. I have seen Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, that's a, the end of that movie's insane. Is there a unicorn at the end of the movie? Oh my god, you don't remember that part? I don't. Uh, I don't want to down? It. Where they go down under the elevator and see all the yeah. creatures? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a part. There's a unicorn. The, <laughs> there's a unicorn. <laughs> now I want Now I want to know what I'm forgetting. Cause I yeah, just go, it's a good movie. I recommend watching it for a horror, like, mm. thriller, slash. It really is it's good. An, it's an okay yeah. movie with an incredible final 30 minutes. <laughs> where, you, where you do not see coming. Mm-hmm. Which is, I guess that makes it a problem. Hey, um, hey, hey, Morgan, really quick hey, question. Hey. Yes. What's the national animal of Scotland? The Loch Ness Monster. No. Any other guesses? The narwhal. No. I don't know. Come on. Unicorn. No, that's not real. Look look it up. Look it up. Get the fuck out of here. Unicorns look aren't real up. if you don't believe in them. Who started this unicorn thing? No offense, but I mean, who hmm. started this silly unicorn thing? Would you say it's Scotland's national what? Animal. Scotland national animal. It's the goddamn unicorn. What in fucking hell? Oh, that's weird, right? It's gotta be kind of weird. There you go. Hey, hey look, there's a there narwhal too. Um, anyways, uh, it's kind of cool. Last last poll here. Uh, Shay might appreciate this one. We started watching this show called Disenchantment casually on Netflix. That's basically from the creator of like The Simpsons and Futurama, but it's sort of like a mock of almost a Game of Thrones style setting. In the promo, in the promo, the guy gets kills himself on a chair that looks a lot like the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones, but. Um, yeah, I don't know, have, uh, before I throw it to Shay, have anybody else seen Disenchantment yet, even casually, or are me and Shay no. the only ones? No. Okay. I haven't had a chance yet. Is that a no for I, you too, Josh? For Disenchantment? No, I've seen the whole thing. Oh, you have? Okay. So mm-hmm. Josh will have an opinion. What, do you, what are you guys thinking of it? I, I think the first season could have been four episodes, and it would have been amazing. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it too. Like, you mean it was just stretched out, like really hit or miss didn't for you? Or? Go anywhere? Like, they finally had some plot in the last two episodes, and then everything else other than that felt so samey. It just, they didn't they didn't know where to go with it for way too long. Like, it feels like it just wants to be an episodic show, but those first several episodes are just, they feel stunted because every single one of them basically has the same plot of her, you know, just just kind of just chafing under under the pressure of being the princess and like every single one of them was basically the same. Well, see, that's the, the weird end. thing. Like I I almost agree with you, but I think I liked the random dumbness of the first couple episodes, but like in the end it was weird. Like it, they tried to have like a story suddenly mm-hmm. and like a plot and I was like is this even a comedy anymore? Like what's happening? It's weird, well, right? Yeah, but I mean that was that was the issue because in those first several episodes they'd have like little teasers like oh there's something going on here with like the cutaways to whoever the 
conspirators were watching the princess oh, and the crystal yeah, yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. So they'd have yeah. that in there like, no, there's a story here. Better pay attention. And then it didn't go anywhere until those last two episodes. So that was, that was the issue. Like it needs to be one or the other is kind of what I was starting to feel there. So. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think uh, Matt Groening's previous work is very like heavily episodic and it's just strict comedy. And this one, it felt like he was trying to infuse a little bit more into it. And like you guys are kind of saying, it felt like at times he didn't know when, when he wanted to do what, whether you want, when he wanted to do the comedy or when he wanted to do the drama. I loved both aspects Mm -hmm. of it. It just felt like they didn't mesh well together with his particular style. Um, for me, I, I really liked um, the elf, Elfo. I liked him at first, and then he just really got... He got sh- fucking shafted, man. Like, mm. the beginning of the story is super interesting. It's like, um, like yeah. you see this, this yeah. disenfranchised elf not village. conforming... Yeah, not conforming to this, like, this way of life, and then he leaves... And it's like the first ep- first two episodes. It's like he's this like really happy go lucky character in this world of uh, I won't say dystopic world, but this this world of just dreariness and um just this very basic world. And he just he was just kind of this happy go lucky character in all of it. And then he eventually just gets whittled down from that story that arc into just being this same yeah. character as everyone else yeah. that just it turns into a C-rate love story. Um, yeah. And well, I just, it was, it was a well, bummer. It didn't really I make think any sense. Like, for me, that was the biggest bummer of the show. It was the biggest bummer of the yeah. show. He had so much potential and then he just got whittled down until it the was the same joke. To where like, you basically just the don't same give a joke fuck after. Mm hmm. Yeah, and he was just the blood boy. Eventually, they were just using him for blood. Well, I mean, it, it didn't really make much sense because he left the elves because he didn't fit in, and then he gets out into the world, and somehow, once he's out there, he acts as if he were just any of the other elves. Like, I, that, that made no sense at all. Like, the joke was that he was, you know, this innocent thing who, you know just saw the good in everyone and all that stuff, but that was not being that is the reason he left home. So it was, it was a little bit strange, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting with comedies, they have to make an arc at the end. So they have a set it for the next season. But for me, I only speak for myself. I like the first couple episodes the most, just because it was like, I was getting to know the characters and it was just sort yeah. of like their daily lives. Like, Oh, what's a plague? Like, yeah. What is it called? The- plague patrol? What's plague patrol? Oh, these people that pick up all the, dead people that die you know like i liked the the first half more just because it was meandering and mm-hmm. introduced introductory i guess yeah it's true matt barry yeah. is still just the best yeah. thing about the whole series though like what's matt barry <laughs> the, the voice of somebody the 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 replacement prince is just amazing oh yeah yeah um, oh yeah 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 the well, guy you know gets- what i was I was surprisingly disappointed by Eric Andre's performance, and I don't know if that's because it's just his dialogue is just 
shit or his delivery or just his character arc. But like, I was super excited because I love Eric Andre and he just, that character is just not one I care about too much at all. I was, I was really surprised by that. Uh, and his best moment shines. His best voice? moments shine. He's the the little uh, Lucy. Yeah, Lucy. He oh, okay. he he best shines when he sense. has like a few quips. Yeah, but other than that, yeah. He, he, it was it was another one of those things that like it probably served a purpose at some point in the writing room, but doesn't anymore. Like like I I I felt like they didn't quite get what the joke was there. Like for for people who haven't watched yet. Lucy, I guess, you know, it's a pun on Lucifer at this point, is a demon who's been sent by whoever these shadowy figures are, who we never figure out during the first season, to be a bad influence on the princess, who is already the worst person in the kingdom. Like, she's drunk and high and getting in fights all the time, and they send a demon to try to be a bad influence on her. And the joke should have been that he was getting dragged along with these things, but they, yeah. But half the time they act like he's con- talking her into this stuff, which doesn't make sense. Like they, I, I don't feel like they quite got the joke that was going that yeah. that was going on there. Well, they made her a little more like tepid as far as like she was a fuck up, but she was still wasn't quite bad. So I guess the idea was that he was gonna be the nagging thing on her shoulder to push her down the wrong way, and Elfo was just like, whatever, guys, I'm down. For- yeah, I don't know. I, just, yeah. I, I feel like they didn't to, quite to know fair, how to use the characters. I okay. felt like all the characters were great, but they didn't know how to use them. And they, hmm. they, I, I don't know. I mostly agree with that, but um, towards the end, I, I really got interested in what was going to happen with her. I liked her voice actor. Her fo- voice mm-hmm. actor is phenomenal. Uh, she's yeah, she's been on oh, Broad the main City. character. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, her comedic timing is pretty pretty awesome it's on point and her yeah. character arc like her character arc through the middle i couldn't have cared less about um but towards the end i really started getting more invested in that character because then you see some yeah. real personal growth and development and that is like okay this character finally has a direction where is it going to go from here mm-hmm. and i i liked i liked the way it was handled um, the ending you kind of you kind of see for a mile away, but I still I, I knew it was coming, and I was still interested to see where it was going to go and how how it was going to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the thing that's interesting. I agree with that. I think the thing that's interesting for me was like because I was never the biggest Simpsons or Futurama person, but like for example, Futurama and The Simpsons were a little more like cultural humor because they were week-to-week shows on Fox. And yeah. I think the thing I like about this show is, other than some of the Game of Thrones references, it's like just one big batch of a show. It doesn't feel like it has to make jokes that are w- with pop culture or anything like that. And I, I think I appreciate that side of I it, agree. I, I agree, but it's weird that they still sometimes make those cultural pop references, or they just make references to current day. I mean, I feel that's like like you're saying that's kind of always been Matt Groening's mo, and it still kind of permeates a little bit into the show, which didn't make much sense for me. But that's a nitpicky thing. Yeah, yeah, less of it than I'm used to, and I I appreciate that. Right, exactly. I still think I think I still think overall, it was an enjoyable show to watch. Um, would I watch? 
the whole like the whole first part again. I don't know. Probably not. But that that, that time will tell with that yeah. because like yeah. if if yeah. the 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 second half of the first season is done a lot better, then maybe I would be more prompted to watch that first season to kind of see the growth and development from then on. Yeah, it's kind of like a pleasant show. Yeah. Like I, it was very pleasant watching it, but I don't know if I was really like just laughing out loud all the time or anything. I was just like, oh, this is a, I mean, just charming. It's pleasant. I mean, I guess I'm enjoying it. I finished it. So, but I wouldn't say I was just like, God damn. Yeah. I'm going to watch this over and over and send all the jokes to fish. It's, it's odd. Right. Like the, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm in a similar spot. Like after watching the first season, it has me. Not at all excited to watch the first season again, but it has me excited to see the second season to see where they go with it. If yeah. if that's yeah, uh, that's 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 kind of the best way I think I can describe my feelings on it. It feels like it has a lot of promise. I don't feel like they quite hit their mark with the first season, but yeah, there, enough that. of the right yeah. pieces are there and that I think eventually they'll get them all in the race, all in the right place. And it's hard to say, you know, you don't know about budget, budgets and time constraints and stuff with a lot of Netflix shows. Mm-hmm. Impossible to say, you know, what they were dealing with there. But overall, I still thought it was worth checking out. Uh, and we all yep. watched it, so. 67% of our audience said it was a pleasant surprise. And lastly, a great way to finish up the show before our Patreon shoutouts. Have you seen the Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay demo? And uh, I believe we all watched it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, For right, sure. Fish, I haven't heard a peep out of you in a little while, because you were not enchanted with disenchantment. Um, mm-hmm. Good one. Yeah, I know. Real clever on my part. Um, I, how are you? Had, so you watched some Bart of the- Simpson. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> Don't say sorry. Just have some conviction. Um... So how did you or eat my sh- no? Never mind, not gonna do it. Uh, but so how did you feel about Cal uh, Bunga, man? Eat my shorts. Okay, we did it. Now we're dead. <laughs> all right. That's all I remember from The Simpsons. Eat my shorts. Um, and The Simpsons arcade game. So uh, you you watched what like twenty minutes of the uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? Yes, the first twenty minutes I was able to watch. Yeah. Okay. It's a forty eight minute freaking demo mm-hmm. gameplay demo, but uh. Yeah, apparently that's the demo that they was actually playable at E3 uh, when they were fr- first revealed that game, um, which is cool that everybody else got to see what you know all these big names in the industry were just raving about and just got my curiosity peaking. And I kind of see why they're all about this game. I mean, the game just the aesthetic in that game and. I don't mean to be like a graphics whore of any sort, but that place just looks like a well thought out cyberpunk type of fantasy world uh, or futuristic world. And um, I really like what I saw in that gameplay trailer as far as you can be a graphics whore if you want. I'm not going to judge you. That's who you are. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Anyways, yes, everything, everything from like when you're getting like your, you, you go to like this Rip Doctor, which is a guy who like implants cybernetic uh, enhancements in you, and like he takes out your eye and like you actually are still seen through that eye, which I thought was fucking cool that you're getting upgrades, but you're like, also it 
it's not just like you're going through a menu and saying, oh, I want this, I want this on my character. It's actually, you know, part of the storyline. It's like uh, well rendered as far as like showing you exactly what's going on and making it feel more believable. Uh, getting these, you know, these RPG elements of, you know, upgrades. Um, but I was blown away by one particular thing for some reason. I don't know why. Uh-huh. When he when he told you that, oh, go ahead and uh, zoom in with your eye, and you actually zoom in, and like the clarity of like zooming in, like you don't get that in video games, at least right now. Like when you zoom in in like any other game, like whether it be Zelda Breath of the Wild or um, Sea of Thieves, when you're looking through the looking gra- glass, like the clarity just not quite there. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it was a room specifically made for that purpose. Right. Yeah, it, it might have been specifically for that, where, yeah, you'd look at a poster, but, like, I was just impressed by, like, that how smooth you're if that if that becomes if that is something that they are able to translate to some sort of detail that because it's with a guided demo and i'm not interrupting with a guided demo it's always hard to tell how much is going to be completely still that like that game goes on like these highly like scripted events almost i would say where yeah if and the way they present that uh I'm just blown away how they're presenting that game. Like when they first announced that that game was going to be in first person, I was like, I was kind of skeptical because, you know, a RPG type of game where you can put on different pieces of clothing and actually have stats on them, but not necessarily be able to see your character was kind of irking to me. But seeing that game and how it goes from story beats to gameplay almost um in a very natural and seamless way that I don't know, like I- I'm just blown away by that game. He's speechless. As as... He's speechless. Yes. What what, yes. what what about you, Josh? Eh, I the city looks really cool. And that was about the only thing I really got for from it. Like What? The rest Tell of it looks more. like it's mostly a disaster waiting to happen, but the what? city what? looks really good. It looks a really disaster good. waiting. It's true. Okay. That's true. The city looks super interactive. Like that part mm-hmm. where he's talking, like when you're walking and literally everyone's walking in a different direction. I was like, this feels like a fucking movie. Just how interactive yeah. all these NPCs are. That was incredible. Yeah, I mean, we'll kind of see once the game actually comes out. Because again. Like, they're able to run this thing on, you know, rendering farms for their demo that they're going to release. But, yeah. yeah, the way those, just just the way the city feels, just everybody milling about, it feels like they'd been there. It felt like they had been there for hours before you got there. It wasn't feeling like, oh, we just happened to spawn in. Shit, where are we supposed to be? Where are we supposed to be? Um, right. Um, like, like the Truman Show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it felt really good just what they showed. Hopefully hopefully we get something that, you know, still feels like that. If if nothing else, something that still f- just, you know gives you the same feeling cuz that looked what, really what cool. What concerns you? Sure. What concerns you? For sure. Uh what concerns me is that it's a first person RPG. Like I'm like the first couple minutes 
it looks like all the enemies are bullet sponges. And then at the end of the thing, they say, okay, let's unlock some high-end talents and stuff. And all the enemies just disappear in front of you. Like, that looks like it's going to be a shitty, shitty combat experience again. And I've already gotten one of them from that company, so I'm not expecting them to fix it at this point. If wow, they... dropping bombs on The Witcher, too. He's just dropping left and right. Uh... I, 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 I don't know. I mean, hopefully they're able to figure something out there, but from what, I, what they showed us, it doesn't seem like... I'm not hopeful, based off of what I've seen, about the combat itself. The world still That's looks fa- amazing, but... That's anyway. fair, actually. That you mentioned that because I remember kind of having the same thought of like these characters or these NPCs, like when you're shooting them, they looked a a tiny bit bullet spongy, not too bad. But then when you get that high tech gear that basically allows you to shoot around walls and through walls and stuff, I was like, that makes this combat way too easy. I was like, if Mm -hmm. that's like, if that's the progression, either the enemies are going to have to get so much harder to where it's going to become like gruelingly challenging or it's going to be super easy to play and just know about through this game yeah and that well that's kind of what i was getting at like everything they were showing you being able to unlock from shooting through walls to bullets that track the enemies basically makes your input on the combat less and less important and the only way they could make it not just turn into you pressing a button and all the enemies on screen die is to give them more health. I mean, that I can see. Well, that's true. But I feel like they're just trying to show you the... You guys could be right. I feel like they're more like just trying to show you the abilities per the mm-hmm. sequence of making an entertaining demo. Who knows how the actual balancing will... That's kind of what I was going to say. It's like Josh alluded to that, that basically this is a demo at the end of the day. Maybe they just... Yeah threw that in there to show you, like, towards the end of the game, this is what you're going to be able to do, potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just happened to be against super yeah. weak enemies. So maybe it will be a more balanced out point when you get that type of technology in accordance with which enemies you're fighting. Or maybe they're just showing it in general and they'll they'll nerf it a little bit or they'll... Sh- yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, they have like, plenty of time to tune. Like I said, it's a demo. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But I was, I was a little bit sh- shocked by that because I was like, this is like the needler gun on steroids, essentially. <laughs> right. It, yeah. I um, I'm glad that you can actually make a character this time because you know I was not a big Geralt fan. No, I mean he was fine as a character, but there was just something that took me a while to get used to his like appearance and his gruffy. It's like sort of solid snake voice. I don't know. It was like, it's cool. This time they actually get to make a character, man, you know, and they chose a female for the demo, which I yeah. thought was a cool move. And they're, they use a lot of sexuality in that game, but it didn't really feel gross. Um, and granted, I'm gross and disgusting, but it wasn't like, you know, it didn't feel that way. Like, and it was cool. Like that they, they actually, like the dating stuff is the stuff I'm the most interested in. And it showed um, her like, like that dude leaving a room. And I thought that was like a cool thing to show. Um, is sort of she's like, ah, it's just some random. Is it a dude that she's really having a good relationship with, or is it a random hookup? You know, like they've said that you're gonna live a simulation, like you're gonna have a life, you're gonna live in an apartment and take on jobs, and you're gonna be like a living person in this world. And I'm curious to see how they push those simulation elements, and that the dating is just part of it. So, yeah, 
But yeah, that's the stuff I'm most interested in. Just the world itself and just just being in that world looks way more interesting than the combat stuff going on. So For sure. Hopefully they're able to you know Well that was like the Witcher on that. So Yeah, the combat was the least interesting part of The Witcher. And at least it's not clunky third person. It's first person, so give them the benefit of the doubt, they can do a different perspective differently, you know? Like you don't have a clunky weird sword swing. The worst case scenario, you just get yeah. some, you know. From what they showed, I think I would have rather it been turn based. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, Let's see. Who knows? To, to kind of backtrack, really quick, I think that's what was so strong about The Witcher Three that we've talked about heaps of times is just basically uh, the world itself is so strong. You walk it, yeah. You walk into a pub in the game, and it feels alive. It feels like these NPCs are like go above and beyond the typical yeah. definition of the NPC and they're doing that again with this game. Um yeah. to me times ten, yeah. Yeah. To well, me the uh, the world it's oh go ahead Josh. Well, the, the times ten thing I think is a big thing because that was something I'm, that bothered me with The Witcher was that the sense of scale felt so wrong. Like you'd be in a town and like, okay, everything here makes sense. It all works. And then you're exactly 30 feet from the next town. Um, like it was, it was strange. Like the world felt tiny, but each individual mm-hmm. place felt the right size. And from what they showed of, yeah, of I can see that cyberpunk, it looks, it, it, everything looks and feels just like one to one, at least from what they Especially it was just one us. city. If it's yeah. just based around one city, that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, like, I like that idea. Yeah. For sure. Night yeah. City. Isn't it called Night City? Yeah, or Night, Night it's called City. Night city. It yeah. It's interesting because like the, the feel of the game when you watch a trailer, it has this be- to me it had this beautiful blend of Blade Runner, uh Judge or is it called Judge Dread? Dread. Just Dread. Dread. Yeah. Dread. And then the yeah, fifth, and the I got that too. Like it has this beautiful the beautiful blend of these three games. And it feels like, in a way, it could be like a precursor to Mass Effect uh, in some regards. Uh, just like maybe a couple generations away. But to me, I kind of have this like weird comparison. If Star Trek is what we aspire our future to look like, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 seems more like a realist's approach to what will actually come to fruition at the end of the day. Like, we want, we want that Star Trek futuristic world but Cyberpunk 2077 is likely the path we will end up on. Yeah. So. I was getting like Shades of Minority Report too when he pulled that body out of the ice and just like the way they were using technology yeah. in that slummy apartment. That. It reminded me of whenever he has see. to like hide in that bathtub of ice cubes so that those little spiders can't look in his eye. But yeah, yeah. That, the aesthetic in that game, 10 out of 10, maybe. 10 out of 10. I can't say that. One of the things that really bugged me you about should. the trailer was the fucking terrible dialogue. That dialogue is really, really bad. Oh, you mean between characters? That. It's just corny as shit. You're, like, well, you're, yeah, yeah. And yeah it becomes, it, there. To me, it, it became like... glaringly apparent. <laughs> it yeah. became apparent when you are walking down the street after you get out of your apartment and you're walking by that shop and you see this... Um, black guy, but he is the whitest sounding black guy you've ever seen, and he says, give me back my eddies, yo. Like, we're still stuck in the late 90s, early 2000s, and every, apparently every black guy says yo. 
It just felt like <laughs> I noticed that as well. Like they're trying to make up their new slang and, and stuff. Yeah, and they like they get yeah. there with some of it, and then a lot of the other is just eighty slang that they just assume people will be using again in sixty years. Um, right, sadly, which was strange. Yeah, that was my yeah. only small complaint too. The dialogue seemed kind of cheesy, which is the opposite of The Witcher that had fairly, um intelligent and heartfelt dialogue interesting dialogue for the most part so cross I, our I fingers felt that, that too we'll see we'll see yeah it just and the one other like the one other thing i didn't really like about the trailer and i'm hoping like and maybe i don't like it because like i'm more of the star trek world than the realist world but it feels like everyone's a fucking asshole in this world everyone's uh... super gritty everyone's a piece of shit and you know what? That's probably the more realist approach at the end of the day. But um, it worried me you know, that Josh loves those games. Where everyone's like, an asshole. The, <laughs> like the the closest thing to a good natured person in this world is the doctor that does the impl- implants. Like Fish was talking about earlier, he seems like a genuine guy, and the interaction between those two seemed like the most lighthearted, genuine interaction you in that entire demo. So it'll be interesting to see if more of those events pop up or if it's just going to be a game of assholes all around you. Yeah. We'll a see. game of assholes. Who will take the iron toilet? Um, well, yeah, so I, I think we all agree that it looks fucking incredible. Um, but you guys have more reservations than I do. Uh, dialogue aside. So, um, Cool. Yeah, that's a lot of fun to talk about. Think about Ponder. It's time for a sketch that we have devoted to our Patreon VIP subscribers. That's right. People that give us $5 of their hard-earned money a month. We do a special shout-out for them. A story of sorts. One podcast a month. Um, And we're going to launch into that right now before we close the show. So, thank you, Patreon VIPs. And Shay, take it away. Fish, look at this planet. It's beautiful. Dude, I know. It's a Wadarusa 7. I don't even know what that means, but I'm sold. Let's go mine some resources. Five hours later. Wow, this is really fun. (laughs) Just be patient. (laughs) We're going to find something good. Wait, look, it's a cave. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go in. They enter the cavern, full of wonder and excitement. It is dark, but the water shimmers from the specks of sunlight sneaking through the opening of the cave. Thank you, Christian Bale. It's beautiful. I can't wait to go deeper. Wait, what the fuck is that? Just then. Heads slowly began to emerge from the water. One, two, five, ten. Many emerged until sixteen heads poked out of the water with gleaming eyes. Do... Do you think they're friendly? I don't know, man. They look like they want to eat us. Okay, okay. Stay here. I'll find out. Shay slowly walked over to the water, with his hands held by his face to show that he had no ill intentions. They observed each other for a few moments as Shay stood at the edge of the water. One of the heads began to swim closer to Shay, 
It got close to the edge as well, and began to exit the water. It was a towering fishman-like creature. Hello. My name is Shay. This is Fish. We came here to explore your planet. He extends his arm towards the creature, seeking a handshake. The creature regarded the arm. Within a flash, the creature snapped its neck and chomped the arm clean off. Blood squirted all over the creature's face as Shay screamed. Ah! Fish immediately became scared as more of the creatures started to swim hastily towards the carnage. He ran out of the cave, leaving his adventure buddy behind. He dared not look back as he could hear more screams and the sounds of sixteen maws rending flesh and bone until the screams stopped. And scene! So, so the moral of the story is that fish just left you behind to die. Is that what it is? There's like a lot of, there's a lot of little things in there um that when i wrote that so of course um without giving away too much of fish's personal life uh <laughs> when we're going when we're going into the cave and he says i can't wait to go deeper that was a that was reference to other things in life maybe um yeah and then i thought it was funny to make fish the one who's not excited to explore No Man's Sky, and to make me really excited. Because it's kind of the opposite way around. Um, up until I played on that stream. So, that was really interesting. And then... <laughs> the end part where Fish runs away. Honestly, when I was writing that, I was thinking of the first time that we when we did SPT before I joined. Uh, when Fish bailed on you guys for his for his oh. wife. Look <laughs> how oh. that turned oh, out. Oh man! Wow. Well, I, I mean, other than that, it is. I I didn't I didn't write that with intent to oh. make that, but like that's just when I wrote that, I was like, oh, this reminds me of that time Fish bailed on the podcast the first time. But um, we're just rubbing no. all this shit. <laughs> just that time you bailed on us, you know, your best friends. You left us uh, to die. Do you remember that? You remember that time you <laughs> fell asleep? Uh, I do. Uh, remember that time I, I fell asleep? Uh, I do. No, I but really do. Um, in all seriousness, I want to thank uh, all 16 of the Patreon subscribers. We got a new one this week. Um, I didn't want to run down the names this week or this month. Just I figured giving you guys a cool story would be more interesting than saying each one of your names. But I think actually next month I'm gonna go back to including your guys' names into the uh like the skit or just saying your guys' names after the skit because like as people come and go as Patreon supporters, we still want to be giving them shout outs. So this month I didn't do that. It's my bad. I thought it'd be just better with the skit, but Next month, we'll go back to naming names. But thank you to each one of you 16 um, who, are, um, who are supporting us. Thank you very much. Um, I also want to thank Josh for thrusting himself so vigorously into the role. <laughs> he, th- he thrust and he thrust until he could thrust no more. And it turned out great. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, awesome. Good work. I loved it. I loved it. And, you know, again, thank you to everyone. As we wrap up the show here, if you want to check out more of our side podcasts, we are the growing family of Sword Chomp. Me and Shay both have an interview podcast. Um, his is called Evoking the Sublime. You can download it um, in all sorts of great places, interviews with uh, Into the Breach, um, developer which just came out on Switch, and, of course, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. I have a podcast called In the Blood. I interview some um, musicians and composers in the industry, No Man's Sky, Tomb Raider. Uh, they're both great podcasts you should subscribe to and show us some love. Tell a friend as we grow. Like It, it really helps us. We, we hear people that say, I told my friend about you guys and they love the show or a family member or whatever. Just spread the word. Word of mouth does crazy things for us. Um, and remember, we always, you know, we have that VIP tier. $5 means the world to us. And it's like a secret club you get to be a part of. Um, we have all sorts of fun stuff coming up over the next couple months. So it's been a lot of fun. I want to thank everyone for being here. Josh from Michigan. Shay from Japan. Fish from Texas. Of course, I'm from Montana. And until next week, we will see Chomp Nation. Wait. Peace out, yo. Yeah.